Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Katie on the flip side, the podcast. I am excited to be back talking about another item on my codependent red flag list here. Um, if you've been watching our YouTube channel, um, I actually have a video recording right now, recording me recording this podcast. So it feels a little weird because usually nobody's watching me do this and I'm usually just sitting here by myself. Obviously, no actual person is in here but it's the camera watching me. Um, I'm kind of debating whether I would even want to record the video of this audio so that you guys could watch it on YouTube if you wanted to. I don't know. Um, I'm in my closet <laughs> when I record these podcasts. So I don't know. I don't, I don't usually have to worry about like my facial expressions or whether I'm picking my nose when I'm recording a podcast. So anyways, um, I will have to like get a little distracted here in a second and stop the camera from recording. But um, if you were here on the last podcast, um, I talked about giving in or compromising after you've already said no and not saying no when you mean no, saying yes instead of no, basically all those things that a lot of us who are people pleasers do when we feel guilty, worried we're going to make somebody mad, any of those things. Um, and that was actually number five on my list, but it was the fourth item in this codependent red flag series because I kind of skipped over one because it's really actually one that's kind of hard for me. Um, and I just wasn't sure if I was like ready to, not ready to talk about it, but I guess just wasn't sure. I was just feeling like I wasn't the best person to talk about it at the time because I was just kind of dealing with it myself. So um, what I'm going to talk about today is when you are or I am, or whoever is, looking to other people to help regulate your feelings instead of finding ways to self-regulate. So basically, getting upset when somebody else isn't meeting your needs um, kind of goes along with, like, I've talked about how I'm not responsible for making somebody else happy. Somebody else's happiness or somebody else's success or somebody else's life um, experience is not my responsibility. So just as that is the case, and I do not have to do things just because I feel like somebody else wants me, needs me, um, is whatever to do. Um, I should not expect anybody else to have to do anything that fulfills needs for me that I should be able to find ways to self-regulate. Sounds really confusing. It's actually pretty straightforward. So I'm going to go into talking a little bit about that and um, kind of my experience with that, how I've struggled with it a lot. Um, it is definitely kind of at the top of my list of things that I'm working through because it presents itself in so many different ways. Um, but it is something that I'm learning and something that I feel like once I have been able to overcome this in certain areas of my life, it is such a relief, um, leads to so much more happiness, so much more content, full contentfulness. Con what's the word when you're happy with yourself? Self? I don't know. Um, being, being happy and being able to just enjoy life without resentment and, um, feeling like my mood and my happiness is determined by other people's behaviors, actions, presence in my life. Um, any of that, this is something that came up a ton and I first started working on when Cullen and I were working through, or I guess Cullen wasn't really working on it yet, but when I was working through my side of dealing with 
the um, addiction issues that Cullen was having as the spouse um, because there's a lot there. And when you're dealing with that, I know a lot of you guys have mentioned having dealt with that too. So um, it's something that it, it definitely first came up there. And that's kind of when I learned to cope with it. So, okay, hang on for those of y'all on the podcast. I'm going to turn off this video camera and stop it before the battery dies. Okay. And then I'm going to get back to the podcast. So again, like I said, if y'all want to go check out our family vlog channel, it's Cullen and Katie. We're talking about going through our debt disaster right now, financial crisis kind of situation. Okay. So back to the topic for today. Um, so like I was saying, this came up hugely in the process of Cullen and I working through relationship issues um, that stemmed from a lot of different things, but there was a big basis of it with the um, addiction situation. Um, we were not spending as much time together. We were angry at each other. There was a lot of resentment. Um, I remember being in a marriage counseling session and being like, you know, I just like, it's, I don't know, like it, it, it is his responsibility to, you know, be there for me and comfort me when I'm having a bad day or to, um, you know, like kind of, I don't know if I even actually probably said to be in charge, not in charge of my happiness, but kind of in a sense of like, if I'm unhappy because he's not coming to bed when I'm coming to bed and he's, you know, staying up doing whatever else he's doing, or if he's not involved with the kids or whatever else, and that makes me upset, then, you know, putting that responsibility on him, which it's kind of a, a, a weird line to draw because as a married couple, um, you are kind of responsible for carrying carrying your weight in the marriage. I don't know if that's exactly the word I'm looking for, but kind of um, being the best spouse and partner you can be. Obviously, if you're trying to be the best spouse and partner you can be, then you're going to want to be supportive, comforting, loving, all that. But when you're going through serious issues, relationship issues, it's going to be a huge struggle. Um, the main thing is it was like physically painful I just remember being I can't even describe the feeling if you've been in these situations um or this kind of issue in your marriage or with somebody that you're close to being laying in bed at night when we would have gotten in a fight and Cullen would have stormed off and left and you know just driving around or say went and stayed at a hotel because I was like I don't want you staying here or whatever else um, or even maybe it's down to he's in the den, um, you know, playing video games and getting high and whatever else. And I am have, like, asked, will you please come to bed with me? Um, I just want to, like, spend some time with you, whatever else. And he would say he would, and then he would pass out in the chair and not come. And I would wake up, you know, at midnight, and he's still not in bed, and he's asleep in the chair. Um that is a feeling, a very specific feeling that I will not ever forget. And he and I have even talked about it recently as things have been better when there have been situations where for whatever reason, um, 
you know, definitely not on the same level, but for some other reason, he's had to stay up later than me to work on something or, you know, maybe he actually did was staying up watching some football game or something and fell asleep on the couch. And then I wake up and he's not there. It is a very, a feeling that comes back. And all of a sudden, mentally, I feel like I'm back in that situation, exactly where we were before, same circumstances and everything when that's totally not true. And that's definitely not the case. And there's a whole lot of growth and change and better stuff going on in our lives. But those types of feelings your body remembers and you have to work to overcome letting yourself get back into that type of a, like a feeling and get yourself out of the fog that kind of comes over you when your body tricks your mind into thinking that you're actually back in that bad situation. But um, so that, that was kind of a little side note on a little bit of like genuine PTSD type um, stuff that happens from these types of situations. So um, there are a lot of things that somebody maybe who hasn't gone through something like that would have a hard time understanding because you haven't necessarily been there. But it's it's like a terrible physical feeling. So I remember being in those situations and being like, this is miserable and this is terrible and this is awful. And like I'm laying here and literally all I want is to like have him laying here next to me. I don't even care if we're talking. I don't even care if he's like got his arm around me. I just want him to be here next to me. And feeling like I could not be happy in and of myself, with myself, if he was not there. So basically, that's somebody else's presence, somebody else's, um, you know, physical comfort or emotional presence was required for my happiness. And that is something that I came to recognize as I was you know, learning about different things, about being the spouse of somebody dealing with addiction, um, listening to a podcast that's really amazing. Um, if you're in a, situ a similar situation, it's called Love Over Addiction, and it's a lady named Michelle Anderson who is really great. And I remember she had a podcast on kind of s satisfying your own needs. I don't even remember what it was called. I'll try to look it up when I get done filming this and put it in the description of this podcast um, or the show notes or whatever they call it on podcasts. Um, but I remember being very impacted by hearing her talk about how you are fully capable of being able to be happy even if the person that you're married to, that you're living with, that you're dating, whatever, is not providing for you the um, emotional needs that they should be or that you're expecting them to to and that was really really eye-opening for me because that is something that was not necessarily a part of the way I was raised um, everybody's mood everybody's happiness everybody's daily functioning depended on what other people were doing and um, there was never really an emphasis on you know you being able to be happy on your own kind of despite what's going on around you. So that was huge for me. And I remember she kind of walked through each different step of different types of needs that people have and kind of how to, because I was like, what is she talking about? Like how in the world am I going to literally go to bed feeling peaceful 
when I know something is going on or when I just want him next to me or, um, you know, whatever. And obviously it's not that, that nobody's expected to be like sad or to be affected by, um, you know, somebody's, the lack of somebody's presence or the lack, not presence (laughs) with a T, but presence, like physical presence, um, or somebody said something that is upsetting, um, there's just so much mental work behind all of these things, learning to accept your own truths, your own worth, and that you're worth what you're worth and you're valuable in a sense of being who you are. And it's not based on whether or not somebody else thinks that you are amazing. It's not based on whether or not somebody else is there. Um, I don't know. Some of this, I feel like it's hard to explain because it's just, it's, it's such a new thing to me, but it's something that as I've, as I've gone through it, it's like, wow, like this is so, it's just like, it's just so mentally changing of my whole perspective of myself and of my ability to kind of do things. Um, You know, I kind of had the perception of, well, I can't do anything on my own without him. I can't, you know, I, I need him to be here to help me with this and that. And yes, people do need help, but in general, learning to function independently and realize that you are fully capable of doing a lot of things, of maintaining your happiness, of taking care of your kids and doing what needs to be done, whether somebody else is helping or not, is like, it's so incredibly empowering. And I think, um, God, I had a train of thought and it just ran right off the tracks. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but basically just the, the kind of point of the whole thing is if somebody doesn't show up for me, somebody doesn't comfort me, somebody doesn't love me the way that I expect them to, then first of all, I need to take a look at my expectations and what they are. I should always know how to fulfill my needs on my own in some way. Um, or to seek that out in a different way and not necessarily looking at that as someone else's responsibility, especially not a specific person. So a big part of this is detaching with love. And this is something I worked really hard on too while Cullen was still struggling and was not working towards his recovery, but I was beginning my codependent recovery and that basically just meant, you know, being able to remove my, um, the enmeshment that I felt with him and his emotions and his behavior, still loving him because of who he is, but not feeling like everything he did was my responsibility. Um, if any of that makes sense. So, um, I guess one one thing that I wanted to talk about here is if y'all are familiar with the love languages, the five love languages, it is an amazing book and it's really great in kind of figuring out your significant other or other people around you and kind of what is it that fuels other people. If you're not familiar with it, the five love language are languages are physical touch, acts of service, gifts, gifts, like G-I-F-T-S. I I feel like I couldn't say that. Um, Quality time and words of affirmation. And generally, um, based on this book, I think it's by Gary Chapman, and you can take a little quiz and figure out what your love language is. And it's basically that um, 
different people feel most loved by either receiving or giving or whatever one of these love languages and they give love to other people using these love languages. So it was really eye-opening for Cullen and me when we realized like, you know, for him, acts of service is his primary love language. And so when he would be doing things for me to be helpful or um, to try to make me feel loved, to me, I didn't see that as love. I mean, obviously I didn't see it as not love, but I didn't see it as like him showing affection for me. Um, cause my primary love language is physical touch. So to me, I'm like, well, I want you to like hold my hand or rub my back or give me a hug. And he's like, well, I mean, I did the dishes and I made the kids lunches and I, you know, folded the laundry and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's that have to do with like love and affection? But to him, that's how he was showing love. So this was huge in kind of understanding each other and recognizing that other people can give and receive love in different ways than we do ourselves. Um, but to the point of what I'm talking about now with not relying on other people to show me those love languages. So we had learned about the love languages and then as we're going through our relationship struggles, I was like, okay, so who else, how else am I supposed to receive a, like feel fulfilled with my love language of physical touch? And it was giving me so many feelings of resentment to feel like I had no way to, to fulfill that need. Like, I just want somebody to hug me. I want to, um, you know, him to put his arms around me. And of course, there's no replacement for um, receiving like hugs, love, cuddles, affection, whatever from your spouse. But what I learned from listening to that podcast and then what I've learned since, and I've seen it in so many different um, areas that I have followed in this kind of process is that you can find ways to feel fulfilled in that area. And for me, the very first way to feel fulfilled or feel like my my love language cups are full is to drop the expectation that anybody else owes me that or that anybody else is required or responsible for providing those fulfilling things for me. Um because even if you're in a perfectly wonderful, amazing, healthy, fabulous relationship, you are not always going to be able to completely fill each other's needs for love based on your love language or based on whatever you're basing it on because people have bad days. People, Somebody maybe really needs love on a day because for whatever reason, they're just feeling like, oh, I just wish somebody would rub my back or I wish somebody would, um, you know, do the dishes for me because I just don't feel like doing it. And maybe the other person's also had a bad day and they come in and they're like, I just don't even want to talk to anybody. I just want to go to bed. So there, the dishes didn't get done. Nobody got a back massage or a hug or a kiss or anything. And there's going to be days like that. And if you come home and you're expecting that that person is going to fulfill that need for you, then you are totally let down. Um, I guess I should speak for myself personally, but I know other people have said the same, totally let down and resentful and upset and then feeling even more frustrated because you were relying on that to help you feel better. 
Um, and th- it's not that person's fault that they are not able to do that for you. They're not emotionally there. They had a bad day. They're exhausted. Um, it shouldn't be somebody's responsibility to say, well, you just need a man up because I had a bad day too and I just need your help. Um, I think there are definitely situations where it can be <laughs> appropriately and civilly talked talked about that, you know, I I really would appreciate some help with the dishes. I know you're exhausted, but maybe we can just do this together and we can just get it done because I'm tired too and I want to go to bed. Um, But for me, I found that if I went ahead and in life every day, not just on the hard days, not just on the good days, made sure that I was responsible for fulfilling my self-love languages in any way that I could, making sure I was attentive to my needs in that area because I'm the only one inside my head, inside my body that knows exactly what I need when I need it. Nobody can read my mind. And if I don't say, hey, I really would love a back massage today, that's not Colin's responsibility to read my mind and know that like yesterday I didn't really care, but today I really do um, and it would make me feel better. It's it's partially about being open in communication, but second of all, kind of being responsible for yourself. And then should you receive extra love in the different ways that you're looking for from your significant other or whoever else, then it's a nice surprise and it's a nice bonus. And that's great and wonderful. But if not, you've kind of taken the responsibility for yourself and taking care of those things. Um, you know, as I've said before, I'm a Christian. I believe that God is ultimately the only one that can totally fulfill all of our needs and fulfill our emotional and spiritual longings. And I remember hearing that so many times and being like, okay, but God cannot physically hug me right now. And I want a hug. I want a back massage. I want whatever else. And being like so frustrated when people would say that, because I'm like, okay, I understand that I should rely on him to fulfill my needs. But I just don't get it because he cannot do the dishes and he cannot rub my back. Um, But there are definitely ways, there are definitely ways that I have found in, you know, asking God for help, asking God to help me feel fulfilled in the the areas that I need to feel fulfilled in, finding ways to do that. Um, So there's this really great image on an Instagram page of a girl her Instagram handle is blessing manifesting and she is so great. She has so many great things and her stuff is all colorful and cute and I love it. But she talks about different self-love languages and how to kind of fulfill needs in the different areas of love languages for yourself. Um, and I'll kind of tell you some of what things are helpful for me, but also check this out because Some of them are not my love language. And so to me, I'm like, I guess this sounds good. If you're into that kind of thing, I have no idea. Um, But the first one she actually has listed are physical touch. And so she says things that make your body feel good and focus on your physical well-being. So she talks about massages, um, going to get an actual massage. I know they're expensive. And I know that's something that is not in in everybody's budget. I actually have a gift card that I got as a gift from Cullen like two years ago that I haven't used for a massage and I need to cash in on that. But, um, I mean, you can get a cheaper massage or you can even go, I don't know about your mall, but like 
our mall has a little station set up. It's like a little 10-minute massage or something. You pay for that. Um, that's obviously not an option for everybody. But for me, something that I found really comforting was a bath. And we had like have like the little bubbles in there and just like the feeling of the water and the movement of the bubbles on your skin, on your body, on your back, your arms. It, in a way, obviously it doesn't replace like a physical touch from a person, but in a way it helps to fulfill that need for feeling surrounded in love, in touch, and like all of those brain things that fire <laughs> when you receive touch. Um, a soft blanket, a weighted blanket. I have loved my weighted blanket that I got for Christmas and just allowing myself to curl up in a ball and get my blanket and put it over me, get a soft pillow, put on some extra soft pajama pants. Like I know these things sound dumb. And if you're in a place where you're like, no, I just want a hug or a whatever from my significant other, then that's not going to, you're going to be like, you're crazy. But I promise you, if you start practicing these things and thinking, if so-and-so was not available, if nobody was ever going to give me a hug again, how could I fulfill these needs for myself? Um, skincare in general, you know, like do yourself a little facial, wash your face, do your nails, um, take a long shower, go for a run. Um, for some people, physical activity like that can provide some type of um, of like physical release. Um, anything like that, like get yourself a handheld massager and like use that. Get yourself a massage chair. Get yourself like a massage thing. You like the, you know, those things you put in the chair and you sit in the chair and it massages your back. Anything like that that you can do to kind of like fulfill that need. If you have kids, snuggle up with your kids. If you have pets, pat your pet, pat your dog, um, snuggle up with them. All of those things are options that you can do and kind of be responsible for yourself. Um, acts of service. She talks about doing things for yourself that make you feel good or make life easier. So um, cleaning, like taking some time and being like, I know I have to get, you know, this thing submitted for work in the next couple of days, but like, I'm going to lose my mind if I don't clean up this house. So I'm going to give myself an hour or I'm going to give myself 30 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. And I'm going to clean up this area because that makes me feel good. I'm doing an act of service for myself. So I don't have to deal with this tomorrow. Maybe delegating. Maybe you do have some extra tight deadlines at work and you know, you're not going to have time to clean up, but it totally stresses you out when your house is a mess. Maybe you could rearrange some things in your budget and hire somebody to clean your house this week, this month, whatever. Um, not necessarily that you're setting it up for forever, but something that will relieve some stress for you and allow some needs to be met by you choosing to line those things up or do those things. Um, scheduling things, having a planner. Um, I'm trying to think. Those are the ones that she listed. Going to therapy because that is definitely an active service you can do for yourself. Um, receiving gifts. She talks about treating yourself to some gifts that make you happy. Maybe, obviously, we're talking hugely on in our family right now about budgeting. So going out and just buying something um, would not be a <laughs> good option for me right now. But you can make yourself a craft out of some things you got around the house. You could go out and... Um, Maybe use a, a little small portion of your budget to buy yourself a little something small, like a nail polish or something like that. Um, 
things that you actually need, maybe some makeup, maybe um, go pick some flowers in your yard, or just generally like investing in yourself, giving yourself that gift. Um, For quality time, she talks about spending time alone. I know that's hard to do when you have kids, especially if you're having struggles with your partner. Um, Sometimes you just have to man up and say, hey, I am going to need you to watch the kids one night this week. You can pick a night. You can pick the hours, whatever else. I just need two hours to go be by myself. Um, if that's not an option with your with your spouse or your significant other, then find some money in the budget and get you a babysitter. Find somebody, some, you know, a family member or a teenage kid in the neighborhood and ask them to just come over even if you're still there keep the kids in the other room. I'm going to go back here in my bedroom and I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to organize my closet, whatever you need to do. You can find ways to do that. Um, Taking yourself on a date, maybe take yourself to dinner. Maybe you take yourself out for a drink or for coffee or whatever. And then just spending time on a hobby and being creative, something that you really love. Um, She talks about words of affirmation, giving yourself pep talks, encouraging yourself, um, really working on affirmations, positive self-talk. That's a process that you really have to work through if that's something that you struggle with. Um, Journaling, self-improvement. Journaling to me seems super overwhelming, but if you are really thinking that that might be something that would be helpful for you, but you have no idea where to start, um, I can't guarantee you, but I know I've seen several resources out there for looking at different types of journaling. Um, If you Google the best type of journaling for beginners or I want to journal but only have five minutes, you can Google anything and look through the options and look for something that sounds like it would be good for you. Even if you just sit down and tell yourself, I'm just going to write. I don't care what I write about. I don't care if it's coherent. I don't care if the sentences make sense. I'm just going to sit down and write for five minutes. Um, I'm going to sit down and write positive things that I like about myself and I'm not allowed to write the negatives, or maybe you write the negatives and then you examine how they're actually not true, or you tear up the piece of paper and you throw it away. Um, words of affirmation is definitely something that you can take care of yourself. So um, go check out her Instagram account and you can see this uh, graphic that she put up. She said she has a, this is something I saw um, a few days ago. She said she has a blog post about it too. So I'll see if I can find that link and link it up for y'all. But there's definitely things that you can learn to do to take care of these needs yourself so that you are not finding yourself constantly being disappointed, constantly having your day ruined because so-and-so didn't call you today, so-and-so forgot to respond to your email or um, isn't going to be able to come to your dinner or whatever else. You have to be able to kind of be responsible for maintaining and managing your own emotions. Um, I see this, like I said, this has been one, as much as I'm talking about how easy it is, um, it's one that I have struggled with so much. And when I am feeling down at all, when I'm struggling mentally at all, this is the very first thing that becomes difficult for me. This is the very first thing that I start like, getting resentful or angry at Cullen about because I feel like he's not doing his part in fulfilling those needs for me. And so as much as this one 
doesn't, it may not sound like it to y'all, but as much as this one was hard for me to talk about, it's something that I needed to talk about too for my own self so that I can have it as a reminder to myself that nobody else is responsible for my feelings, for making me happy, for keeping me from being disappointed, for keeping me from being sad. It's okay for me to be disappointed. It's okay for me to be sad. It's just not okay to stay there and to hold that resentment against somebody else and to allow myself to put the burden on somebody else of, well, my life isn't going to be good if you're not doing X, Y, and Z for me. My my life isn't going to be fulfilling if you don't, you know, come to every thing that I do, if you don't come to bed with me, if you, you know, all of the things. Um, I get a little fired up about it because I do feel so strongly about it. Um, I'm going to end with this quote that I've mentioned before. I'm pretty sure it's from Brendan Burchard. And now I'm like, I have it written down here, but I do not have, no, this is from somebody else. Gosh, now I don't remember who it's from. It's, it may be from Brendan Burchard, but I'm pretty sure it's actually from, um, um, a girl named Meredith Miller and her YouTube channel, podcast, and Instagram are all called Inner Integration, and she's really great too. Um, what I think it's her. If it's not her, I'm so sorry for giving credit to the wrong person. But the quote says, anytime I'm in resentment, I'm not taking care of myself. So if you're feeling resentment, this is like your first clue, like ding, ding, ding. Hey, I'm not taking good enough care of myself. That's not part of the quote. That was me saying that. Okay, so the quote is, anytime I am in resentment, I am not taking care of myself. I'm blaming someone else for something that I need to do or a feeling that I myself need to manage. The higher the expectations, the lower the serenity. I try to keep my boundaries high, my expectations low, and my heart open. You might want to just hit the little back button a couple times and listen to that quote again because I think it is so powerful and so true and something that will change your life if you stop blaming other people for something that you need to actually be taking care of yourself, taking care of your mental state, taking care of your healing, taking care of finding yourself and loving yourself you are not going to even be able to feel fulfilled and accept love from other people if you are not there in a way that you can love yourself. Okay, soapbox over. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it is super helpful to me, for me. If you will rate this podcast and leave a review, that helps it get out there to more people, helps more people hear this information. I feel like if the whole world could just go through this process of healing from some of these like lies we've told ourselves over the years, the world would be a better place. Not that I'm the only one that can make it better. I've learned this from all of the resources out there. There's a number of resources. Google, find people to follow, look through the posts that the people you follow that are on the path that you want to be on, look through the posts they share, um, look through the people they follow, and find some inspiration out there. I got to go pick up my kids. I love y'all, and thank you so much for all your support and wonderful like encouragement and love as I've been going through all of this and as I've been sharing it with you. So hope you all have a great, wonderful day. Go do something from your, for yourself to show yourself love. Send me a message. Leave me a comment somewhere on one of my social platforms, katiepie07 on Instagram, um, katiepie7 on Twitter, Katie on the flip side on YouTube, Cullen and Katie on YouTube. Find me somewhere. 
leave me a comment and let me know what you have done to show yourself love today. Do it today. Unless you're laying in bed and going to sleep, that can be your first thing is get some sleep tomorrow. Let me know what you did. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.